0: This is Juliana McIntosh.
1: And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The The Art Art of of drinking. Drinking.
0: With Join Jules.
1: And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast.
0: Where you learn how to make two drinks.
1: A classic.
0: And a twist.
1: Plus a little backstory on the cocktail.
0: So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests.
1: Your home crafted masterpiece.
0: All right, Uncle Brad, this is a fun one. And if those of you who are listening have read the title, you know why I think that this is such a great cocktail, because there are egg whites in this cocktail. And if you all know me well, you know I love an egg white cocktail. And Brad, this is truly one of the classic egg white cocktails, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, this is old school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're talking pre-prohibition. Oh, whoa oh yeah, turn of the century cocktail. And it's like, I'm telling you, this thing is crushingly good. It is one of those cocktails that people are like, I hate gin. And I'm like, "Hmm, do you? (laughs) Because I'm gonna make you a drink and you're not gonna hate gin.
0: That's the one everybody should make. If you have a non-gin believer, make this cocktail.
1: Yeah, no, the Clover Club is like so, so freaking good. When I do cocktail classes, you know, I ask people, "What are the kind of drinks that you want?" And they're like, "I don't know." We got a couple people who aren't gin fans in there. I'm like, "Perfect."
0: Yes, yes.
1: I've never had anybody tell me they don't like this drink ever. Have I, I, mean, I had it happen.
0: How can you? There's such great flavor in there. You have the egg white, which, which for those of you who may have missed our egg white cocktails in the past, what egg white does. And you can use aquafaba here because really what you want for and this you can, is- totally. Yeah, you want that velvety, frothy, fluffy texture. And really and truly, when you use an egg white, it's, it's a texture thing. It does help, I think, kind of round out the flavors a little bit and, and kind of make it a little bit more cohesive. But the egg white just really makes this cocktail, as does Brad. For those listening who don't know what a Clover Club is, what is the key ingredient for a Clover Club?
1: Well, I mean, besides gin, right? The key ingredient is raspberry simple syrup.
0: Raspberries. Oh, it's so fresh. This is
1: just a gin sour with egg white. Okay, and the egg white totally—that's like you were saying. One thing you left out is it makes the drink super creamy. So yeah. it's just, God, it's good. So you—I mean—you could take this Clover Club recipe and like—it's mulberry season right now, which are those little blackberries. I don't know if you guys get those out there. Mm-hmm. But you could take blackberries, you could take any kind of berry and literally be like, you know what, I'm just going to swap out raspberry simple syrup with insert berry name simple syrup here. Totally. And do a different style of Clover Club because it's just, it's a it's a sour, it's equal parts lemon juice and simple syrup and gin and with an egg white. Gosh, it's so simple, but it is so sad that it's not on more cocktail menus. But I think it's because like right, making raspberry simple syrups, a little involved. Not really that involved. I mean, all you're doing is making simple syrup with raspberries, but I don't, totally. I, don't
0: know. I think that this was one of those cocktails that became really popular, kind of like the aviation, where like it had its high and it was high, and then it, it's at its low right now. I feel like a lot of people are kind of neglecting this cocktail, which is sad. But I, I feel like there's a time and a place, and I, I think it'll come back. I mean, every time I feel like I see creators post about it, there's a flood of comments saying this is one of my favorites. I love this cocktail. Yep. But it's, I feel like there's. it's not shared enough. So I'm super stoked that we're talking about it today. And Brad, you kind of touched upon it too. This is for those wondering, what's a great cocktail to start, whether I'm starting my home bar? This is a great cocktail because once you make it right, like Brad's going to show you, then you can totally switch it up. I mean, you can change yeah. the syrup in this. You can change the spirit in this if you wanted. I've done it with mezcal before. I, I'm not afraid, Ooh. you know. <gasps> uh-huh. Oh my god,
1: like a oh my god. You could do a strawberry simple syrup with mezcal. Oh, I'm gonna go try that.
0: Oh yeah. So it's it's a great cocktail to to learn how to make it right and then play with it. Come on.
1: All right. Well, I mean. Short intro, but I mean, listen, this thing is too exciting to kick around anymore. I think we got to get into the cocktail.
0: Brad, last thing I want to say. Okay. Because this is a hack that I'm actually not touching upon in my recipe. I thought about doing this recipe and I was like, I've posted this like every year. It's too easy. I wanted to spice things up. So here's my hack that I'm not sharing today. I'll share with you right now. My hack, when you're in a bind and you really want to make a Clover Club, use raspberry jam. If you have it. I mean, I don't know if you do. Maybe that's a weird, some people might be like, I've, I've never had raspberry jam in my fridge. But if you do, and you don't have time to make a raspberry syrup, you don't have fresh raspberries, whatever it is, use a little bit of jam and use that as your sweetener base, that raspberry sweet base, and make your clover club. That's like a, a little hack.
1: Okay, so that's, that's a good thing to call out. I have seen raspberry jam recipes. I still think you need a little simple syrup in there. Yeah. A little, but the jam definitely adds some sweetness and definitely imparts raspberry flavor. So that is a good hack.
0: So if you're in a pickle, grab the jam.
1: Let's talk about this and then let's get into a little bit of kind of the backstory on it. And then you're gonna round us out with some tips.
0: Let's 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 get jamming. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> learn how to make
1: it. <laughs> that is so corny. Hey, that was awesome. <laughs> I like it. All right. It. Time cool. for a drink. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sip up. All right, here we go.
0: Right, Brad, I, I feel like in the beginning, I kind of preached about learning how to make it right the first way. So why don't you kick us off?
1: All right, I can preach it. Preach I it. can preach it. My brothers and sisters, <laughs> let me bring you to the church of the Clover Club. Well, what I like to do here, Jules, mm-hmm. is I get two ounces of a gin, and it's this kind of like a new gin, right? New Western style gin or contemporary gin. It's Brockman's. Mm. And this Brockman's gin is a little floral, a little herbal. It's on the sweeter side of gins, if you will. Not a super juniper punch in the face, okay? I have made this with London dry gins, which are fantastic. And I've also made this with a Plymouth gin, which was equally fantastic. But- I'm using today Brockman's gin. And that's, of course, after I have put my coupe glass in the freezer.
0: Everybody run right now, freezer time, your
1: coupes. All right. Everybody just put your stuff down. Put your coupe glass in the freezer. There you go. Mm All right. And then once I've got my two ounces of gin, I put that in the large side of my shaker. actually back up. First thing I do is I put the egg white in there first.
0: Right. Crack it first so you don't spill it.
1: And if this is your first time hearing us talk about egg white cocktails, you put that egg in there first because if you screw it up and the yolk goes in, you don't have to throw everything out. Oh
0: man, I've done that far too many times. That's like a gut-wrenching feeling. Oh,
1: Totally. Or if you've like, ah, crap, I started it in my shaker already, then fine. Just crack the egg white in something else. Yeah. Just don't want to go rogue and think you're going to strain the egg over the drink, and it just inevitably, Murphy's Law catches up and it breaks.
0: That's a gut punch.
1: It's it's tough. All right, so you got your egg white in there. You've got your gin in there. Next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna take your raspberry simple syrup, mm-hmm. which to make raspberry simple syrup, very, very easy. All I did was one cup of sugar, one cup of water. Mm-hmm. I took a handful and a bit <laughs> of raspberries. I've got big hands. Yeah took a handful and a bit of raspberries and threw that in the sugar and the water. If you want to use frozen raspberries, go ahead. Let's just yeah. call it a cup. Okay. Sure. And I bring it to a boil and then I put it down on a simmer for 20 minutes. And then I let that come to room temperature after I take the raspberries out. Okay, yeah. so it's simmered for 20 minutes with the raspberries in. I've now taken the raspberries out and I'm just letting that concoction come to room temperature. Mm-hmm. So, Three quarters of an ounce of raspberry gin goes in there. And then I add three quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice. Don't think for a second Mm -mm. that you're going to go get the lemon juice that's pre bottled. Just don't even do it. We don't
0: want it, Brad. We don't want it.
1: There's just such a difference, man. If you do that, you are going back to the dark ages of cocktails. And we're talking like the 60s, 70s. Don't want to go there. Now you've got that all in the shaker. You are going to shake the crap out of it because this is the dry shake. And this is where you're gonna start to emulsify and you're gonna make that egg white turn all creamy and you're just Mm -hmm. kind of really working it. If you don't shake it hard, you are going to have yourself a kind of a gross drink. And I've seen it happen time and time again. The shake is super important. It's not a roll. It's not kind of a little movement. It is a violent shake (laughs) that you're doing. And then you're worried, oh my God, this thing might blow up on me, right?
0: It's true. A good tip for that too. If you if you don't think you got the power, get a hand frother and froth it. You'll see it froth up if you use it because you're only doing it on one side. So you'll see it. Fr- it's like frothing your milk in the morning. That's what you're supposed to be doing by shaking. But if you if you can't do it, try the hand frother as a as a little trick.
1: It doesn't work as good, but it works.
0: Yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. It works good, not great, but if you know you're not going to be able to shake it well, just try that out.
1: It's better than gross, which yes. is what happens if you don't shake it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Hard it's enough. true. It's
1: so true. Now you've sufficiently shaken and frothed your concoction here. And so uh, let's just say, let's call it 30 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're going to crack that shaker open. And By the way, while you're shaking, sometimes it does pop off. So just kind of be ready for that. Like have your hands on both sides of that shaker, that Boston Shake shaker. Shake towards you, right? 10, 10, twenty eighteen, Yeah, and then small cup towards you. So if it does blow for some reason and you have an epic fail, it goes all over you and not the person who you're making a right. drink for. <laughs>
0: Unless that person's you,
1: (laughs) then it's like a blessing. We're preaching, the gods have blessed you now.
0: (laughs) It's true true. Anyways,
1: all right. Now you're gonna take your small side of your shaker because the contents are all gonna be in the big side of the shaker and you are going to add ice. Lots of ice all the way to the top, ice in the small side.
0: Hand up, can I? Can Question I say in the,
1: in the back? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me here. So actually, what I found, and I think it was just a numerous amount of content creators who are experts in the field. I saw them do this, so I'm not taking credit. One large cube with a little handful of small, like regular one by one ice. I've never gotten a better froth than when I do that with the ice.
1: Yeah, and you're not wrong. So if you do have Cubed ice that you've been making because you've listened to past episodes and you now know how to make large clear blocks of ice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Use one of those, one of those big chunks of ice. And sometimes, you know, you get kind of like off shapes and stuff because it doesn't always cut or crack the right way when you make those big cubes.
0: I use True Cubes, you can buy them on Amazon, and they actually, they have two layers, right? So the top layer that you use are gonna be the clear, but then you have the four, and it's all that, that sank down, I use the bottom, like I use the stuff you normally throw out because you're not gonna put that in your cocktail. That's what I use to shake, so I save those. So I have eight out of the True Cubes when you're supposed to get four, because the four are for your drink, and then the four are for shaking.
1: I normally would just, because I'm thinking all the impurities that you didn't want in the ice are now down there, but I guess. It works. Nobody's died.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's filtered water even still.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm being all like judgy about it.
0: Well, yeah, I don't think it would make a difference if it's clear ice or a regular square cube ice that you use filtered water. I mean, it's the same, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, what you're doing, I mean, you're essentially like some of that ice is gonna impart, I mean, not really. I mean, we're talking like minuscule (laughs) amounts, right? We're splitting hairs. Totally splitting (laughs) hairs. We're splitting molecules at this point. But yeah, so whatever you do, if you wanna use big chunks of ice, go for it. Otherwise, lots of, I, I love the stuff from the grocery store. I hate to buy ice, but I'm sorry. Fridge ice just, unless you've got awesome fridge ice, fridge ice just doesn't do it. And you want the ice to be dry too.
0: Yeah, I had to bring that up Because I wanted people to know, I've had a lot of people be like, I've done everything that people tell me to do and I can't get a good froth. And I think that that's the best tip, then really invest in the ice. And if it doesn't work, then maybe the shake's wrong. I don't know, but.
1: uh, Maybe, well, the shake's wrong a lot in this drink. All right, listen to me, I just said dry ice. So I wanna make sure that you're not buying dry ice. Hmm. There is such a thing called dry ice. That oh, is not what you put no. in your, yeah. when I say dry ice, meaning not wet ice, wet ice <laughs> is ice that's melted a little bit. right? And so it's just kind of wet. And so it's there's, there's more moisture on it. Dry ice is like the ice that's right out of the freezer. Nothing has melted on it yet. That's the stuff that you want.
0: Yes, not the Halloween ice. No. no. Halloween
1: ice, no, not that stuff. No, 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 not no. Not the no. stuff <laughs> that makes the, the witches <laughs> brew The little yeah. fog. Yeah. yeah,
0: not the stuff that can kill you, okay? Keep yeah, that, uh, yeah. Keep you that at you the swallow
1: grocery. dry ice, game over. Yeah. <laughs> so don't <laughs> no more cocktails. Don't, don't be using that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So now okay. we know how not to kill ourselves. We know yes. now we have options with ice. Ice
0: matters. So our
1: ice is now in our small container, and then we're gonna shake again. Shake for a good twenty seconds more, and shake hard. You're not taking a break now. You know you're gonna still shake it and shake it hard, and then you're gonna double strain with your Hawthorne strainer and your fine mesh strainer, and so double strain that. Over your chilled coupe glass, take a cocktail pick and spear that through three raspberries and just kind of put that off to the side. Or what's really cool is if you come across some dried raspberries and you want to powder those up a little bit, Uh you take a sheet of paper and you cover half the drink and you just sprinkle that powder over the other half. And then that's so pro. It looks so good. All right, that was nine minutes on a four-ingredient drink.
0: You know what, Brad? We covered really important (laughs) things there. This is is one of those where it's like, oh, it's a foolproof recipe. Well, no, it's not. You gotta know how to do it the right way if you want it to be delicious. My turn. Jules, I'm
1: gonna take a back seat. You need to start (laughs) telling us about your recipe.
0: Okay, all right, all right. So I wanted to go in two different directions here. I ended up going in this direction. I will fill you in on the other direction I was thinking of. I was actually thinking of making this like a Ramos Gin Fizz, but a Clover Club Ramos Gin Fizz. And Oh, my gosh. You know how much I love the egg white. I love it. And it's just it's such a pain in the ass to make the Ramos Gin Fizz. So if somebody out there wants to try it (laughs) with the Clover Club flavors, I think it'll be delicious. But this is going to be a lot easier. And if you have what Brad had to make the classic Clover Club, you'll only need to go out and grab one other thing. And I will walk you through. So... We're gonna do an ounce and a half of gin. Now, this is going to be a floral take on a clover club. I used Hendrix because it's a little bit drier. I love Hendrix gin right now, but they just came out with a Flora Adora gin, which is a very floral gin. I haven't tried this recipe with that, but I could only imagine it would just make it even more floral and delicious. So you kind of have two options there if you wanna go in one direction or the other but one and a half ounces of gin. And then this is the ingredient you'll need to go out and buy or or order on Drizzly, a half ounce of Lillet Rosé. Brad, I think you're going to get into the history of this cocktail, but from my understanding and from Julie Reiner, who I think is still doing it, one of the traditional recipes was with Dry Vermouth. So I kind of wanted to take that lane. So I ended up using Lillet Rosé for my own spin on it. So... That's your booze. From here, we're gonna do three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, because I'm doing four to five fresh raspberries in my shaker, and I'm muddling those. And I just, I think it's very, this is a very floral take. I really wanted the fresh raspberry flavors and really get that earthiness from the raspberries, so I'm muddling these here again. Make it how you like it. If you want to make the raspberry syrup for the classic and you want to try mine, you can do that and you can use that. You can go in two different lanes there. You can go the fresh raspberry lane or you can use the raspberry syrup.
1: Yeah, I got a, I got a question. Okay. What's up with your raspberries being earthy?
0: No, fresh raspberries have like an earthy flavor to them. They do? I think so. Yeah, when they're freshly right. muddled, I feel like they just have like more fresh, earthy flavor where when they're in the simple syrup, it's so sweet. Okay kind of takes away from the freshness of the raspberry because it's you're getting the sweetness.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm thinking I'm my, my mind is wrapped around- <laughs> Earthiness? Uh, my mind is wrapped around sweet. And then I'm like, earthy? What? I've never heard a raspberry described as earthy. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, when I think of earthy, I think of like dirt floor mushroom. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean- like, like French wine to me is earthy. Terroir. Ter-
0: yeah. Okay, Brad, I challenge you. Go- to your fridge, try a fresh raspberry. That's at room temperature. I I, I know that that's kind of a weird ask, but I, I think they get weird when they're so cold. So room temperature raspberry and sip raspberry syrup. And I want you to tell me. Oh yeah, no, okay. if you're getting right, nervous. Sure. <laughs> okay, so that's what we need in our cocktail shaker. We're gonna muddle that up in a separate container. We're gonna crack our egg. We're gonna then. Get our egg white. I, I kind of stumbled there. We're gonna we're gonna get our egg white and crack our egg, and then we'll add that into our shaker. We'll dry shake that, just like we went over with Brad's. We'll add that thick cube of ice and a little bit of extra one one inch by one inch ice. Do a hard shake at least thirty seconds here. I like to do thirty seconds for both. So just in your head, right? And then double strain into a chilled. I actually have used a, a Nick and Nora glass. God, those things are gorgeous. Come those on, are cool. yeah. And then famously, three raspberries, like Brad said, you know, just put those on a cocktail pick and you'll have the froth. It'll it'll lay like a little soft pillow on top of there and you'll have your delicious Lila Rose Clover Club. I don't know. I could come up with a better name than that.
1: Lele Rose Clover Club.
0: Yeah, that's fine, right?
1: Hmm. Sure. What else we got out there? I don't think about it.
0: Yeah, the I rose. Lele
1: like rose clover club. Yeah. Clover club a la Lele Rose. Yeah. I, like I that. just like saying Lele Rose.
0: Oh, yes. But Brad, what do you think? Seriously, what do you think about my cocktail? you think it'll taste good?
1: I think it will taste good. Yeah, I'm giving it a whirl. I'm, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I
0: think the fresh raspberries really really threw you, but I challenge you to try it.
1: Earthy raspberries Earthy. throw me.
0: <laughs> no, this cocktail's delicious. Trust me on this. It's it's delicious. It It is going to be a little bit different than Brad's. Definitely more floral. But I think it's a fun recipe if you're already going out to buy these ingredients, just buy the Lelay Rose and and try both. I mean, shoot, you know, why not?
1: Yeah, I take it. I like Lelay, so I'm sure I'll love Lelay Rose.
0: Okay, we have to get into the history because this is, as you said, a classic cocktail. We have talked about what to do and what not to do when making this classic cocktail. Now, Brad, bring us up to speed on why this cocktail is a classic cocktail.
1: Yeah, this cocktail is interesting because it rose and then it declined and then it came out of the ashes. And then I heard you say earlier that you kind of feel it's in decline again.
0: I do. But
1: let me see it like that, let's, let's explore that, Jules. Just
0: I just don't see it on a cocktail menu, do you?
1: Honestly, I never do which is really weird because this is like a lights out drink. It's a lights out drink. Totally. So I, I, think, I think people are maybe sleeping on the Clover Club.
0: They're sleeping, yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about the Clover Club. And before we talk about drink itself, I want to just talk quickly about gentlemen's clubs <laughs> because they seem to come up a lot mm. in cocktail lore. And for those of you who maybe haven't listened to some of these episodes in the past, you hear about gentlemen's clubs, and it's not the same thing as what you would consider a gentleman's club today. Right. The gentleman's club back in the day was simply a private space, and it was designed to bring men together. Think about it like almost like a country club, just not as vast. It's a club, and it was in a building, mm-hmm. and there was like a meeting room, a parlor for games. They had a bar. No they had women. a restaurant. No women, no, no women. And that's just because of how societal norms were back then. There there were some actually uh, women's clubs that were set up as well. But the Gentleman Club popped up and actually really popular amongst countries associated with the British Empire. So India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, yeah, so. Interesting. So naturally here in the United States, there's some identification here a little bit with England. And so we had gentlemen's Clubs set up here as well. So the Clover Club, which is a lot like the Schuylkill Fishing Company, which was a club. Remember when he talked about that in the Fish House Punch? Little club of guys came together. It was more about eating and drinking. And you know, yeah, it was originally about fishing. Uh Well, the Clover Club, same thing. They were about eating and drinking. But unlike the story I told you about what gentlemen's clubs were like, and actually the, the Schuylkill Fish Company, what their club was like, these guys didn't have their own building. But what they did is they met at a hotel. And so the club was established in 1882 in Philadelphia at the Bellevue Hotel, which was on the corner of Walnut and Broad Street. Now, so the drink was invented somewhere around the turn of the century. We don't have the exact date. So it could have been the late 1800s, could have been 1900. Hmm. In 1901, it makes an appearance in print. The New York press called for gin, lemon, Lemon juice, sugar, raspberry syrup, and egg white. Mm-hmm. And then in 1904, the club moved. And the club moved across the street because the owner of the hotel, of the Bellevue Hotel, he went to work for William Waldorf Astoria. Mm-hmm. So the Waldorf Astoria, yes. okay? And that's up in New York. right. And so this guy owned this hotel down in Philly, worked for Astoria up in New York, comes back to Philly, buys a property across the street And with all the fine appointments of a typical Astoria opens the club. And now this is the Bellevue Stratford Hotel. Okay. Okay. And this is not necessarily considered the home of the Clover Club, the drink. But I bring this up because a lot of times people associate this drink with the Waldorf Astoria. Right. And the Astoria did not invent the drink, which is up in New York. They invented it down in Philly. Mm, now, okay. it became popular because it went on the menu up at the Waldorf Astoria because this guy who owned this club that right. these guys were meeting brought at is not, yeah, he brought it with him. He's like, hey, look, I got this great drink. We were making it down in Philly. So now it's up at the Astoria. And back then, New York was like the center of the universe, right? And so people coming through New York, you know, they got to know the drink and like fam- all these famous bartenders that came in and out of New York, went over to Europe, yada, yada, yada. Bartenders are writing books like bartenders are doing, you know, podcasts and, <laughs> and, and Instagram videos today, right? So back then they're writing these books and it was again, written in print in 1908 in Jack's manual. It was recipes for fancy drinks and when and how to serve. Mm. Yeah, and so that was a drink that featured the Clover Club and it starts to get even more popular. And it's really cool. You can actually find this book online. I was paging through it earlier. And then his recipe was just simply two ounces of dry gin, raspberry syrup, a teaspoon of sugar, and egg white, but in a sprig of mint. But they don't talk about the lemon juice there. Yeah.
0: And there's mint in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As a garnish. Oh, okay. You know what? So the garnish, here's the interesting thing. So egg white cocktails, they can have an aroma to them, right? The egg Mm. white does. So oftentimes, if you dash a few bitters on top of your egg white cocktail or maybe a couple of mint leaves, you can help offset that smell. It doesn't stink, it's just, I don't know, it's its just an aroma.
0: For some people, they can pick that up more than others, I think, because I've been asked that too, and I'm like, I'm, I don't ever have an issue, but people do. So that's a thats a good call out.
1: Yeah, I don't want to ruin egg white cocktails for you, but it does, it, it smells a little bit like a damp dog.
0: <laughs> it can, it can. Yeah. Don't deter don't people, Brad. Don't let
1: that deter you from drinking these <laughs> oh, egg yeah, white yeah. cocktails. People
0: have just started running away. <laughs>
1: Oh, they're like, oh yeah, that's just what I want. Damp dog in my mouth. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. God. Yeah. Mm.
0: No, it's not that bad. Come on.
1: So I, I bring up this variation and lemon juice, no lemon juice. And then yeah, eventually the drink, like, like, like again, it was this was popular drink, right? Coming through and up to prohibition. Sure. People were mixing it with vermouth. And so suddenly this drink, which was super cool, and it's like it's a it's a pink drink, man. Like, Oh yeah, It's funny, again, when I do bartending classes, sometimes these guys in these bartending classes, I mean, they're like wearing a flannel shirt, they got big mitts on their hand, and they're like, totally like, guys, guys, right? And I hand them this pink drink at a coupe glass, and you could see their wives like tee you know? Totally. <laughs> and I'm like, drink it, man.
0: Brad, I, <laughs> I have I'm... a fun factoid for you. Did you know that that's why bars started putting a photo of the glass that it comes in on the menu? I believe that someone came in like a marketing perspective and was like, well, if you start adding the cocktail outline of what the glass is going to come in on the side of the menu, more people will order. And sure enough, that's what started happening. So now you'll see on menus. And that's why. That's why. it's So men will order these drinks.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think also it probably helps people not order.
0: Right. Oh, I've totally done that. I'm like, I want to, I want to. Drink in a stemmed glass that I know is going to be refreshing, and it's nice to know yeah. which ones those are by seeing the menu. So yeah, fun fact.
1: If you're embarrassed by the drink in your hand, shame on you.
0: Yeah. Don't be embarrassed
1: by the drink in your Come hand. Come on. Don't worry about it. It's a cocktail. Like this stuff was consumed by gangsters, right? Not that I need to inject some masculinity in this in this uh, <laughs> section, but you know what? I'm going to inject some masculinity in this section. Yeah. I will go toe-to-toe with anybody with a, a coupe glass in my hand
0: totally. and
1: defend that choice. You yep. know, it's, I mean, we're talking, some should. of these drinks are not for the faint of heart. So if you're embarrassed by a martini glass or a coupe glass or a hurricane glass, like, get over yourself. Like, don't yeah. be so insecure. It's totally fine. Totally. I'm calling it right now. Cocktails are cool.
0: Yeah. Nobody's judging you. You're judging you. So stop it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Back in like Prohibition era and pre-Prohibition, pink was cool. We're talking like dudes wore pink suits. Great Gatsby wore a pink suit. So just, it's it's okay.
0: That's so funny because this drink is a vibrant pink. Yep. It's, it's beautiful in my buck. It's one of my favorite colors.
1: Right. But Jules, pink did, did cause this drink to kind of go into decline. So pink Aww. was no longer the favorite color of men and this drink started to nosedive. In Bummer. part because of the color, in part because we started to move on because of sure. cocktails and like what the glass looked like in our hand, I'm sure, or whatnot. So we kind of changed our drinking style. Mm-hmm. A little bit kind of like what's happening today. You know, we're starting to change our drinking style into lighter lighter cocktails. Not this guy, right. but some are. Some right? are. I think because the Clover Club, like the Mai Tai, like the Old Fashioned, like a lot of popular drinks, like... All of a sudden, people start riffing on this thing left and right. right. And you get away from what was awesome mm-hmm. to some Frankenstein cocktail, right? Sure. And nothing on the vermouth version of it, but I don't know. I'm sure there were bad vermouth-made Clover Clubs that helped this thing kind of tailspin out. Right. And then in 1939, Esquire writes this magazine about the decade's 10 worst cocktails, the Clover Club being one of them.
0: No. Yeah. Oh.
1: Sad. Yeah. So the Clover Club starts to go into decline. Not that it evaporated, but it starts to go into decline. World War II shows up, right? So now we're kind of in this era of rationing. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to go out and get a Clover Club, right? The cocktail bar, you're drinking whiskey or you're drinking whatever was actually available, right? right? In Wisconsin, it was brandy.
0: right?
1: And then the dark age of cocktails kind of started after that, right? That's where we started using like soda guns and Juice in the bottle and pre-mixes wow. and stuff, and again, men were drinking like Manhattans and martinis and whiskeys right. on the rocks and stuff like that, right? So this thing kind of just starts to fade into obscurity and just disappears. Then the ginisants starts to kind of yeah. show up. <laughs> the gin-a-zons.
0: Brad's era, like favorite era. Yeah, and so if, Not that if you, you
1: think about the ginisants, people are like, what the hell's a ginisants? Gin wasn't that popular for a really long time, and this actually is why a lot of people don't care for gin, because there just wasn't a lot of good gin out there. Yeah. As an example, in 2008, the city of London, London Proper, had one gin distillery within London Proper, one. Wow. That number is now, I don't know how many are in the city of London, but I know there's hundreds, right, in the UK, right?
0: That's wild. So,
1: I mean, obviously we're talking more than England here, we say the UK. So anyways, the Renaissance is starting. People are starting to kind of rediscover gin. And hey, hate to like break it to you for those of you who are like, I don't like gin. So much of the classic era of cocktails and pre-prohibition cocktails are rooted in gin. And there's a reason for that. There's just so many dynamic flavors in gin. It's not just that crap you drank out of a plastic bottle or you drink it warm or somebody made you do a shot or whatever, oh, right? Oh, God. <laughs> So the Renaissance is taking off, and alongside of that, the cocktail Renaissance or the you know the reinvigoration of the cocktail era starts to take off too. Maybe because like research becomes a little bit more available. You know, we've got the internet now; we can find things, we can share information yeah. kind of across like state lines and across the country and across the globe. In 2007, David Wondrich, who's that great author and cocktail historian, a lot you know lot, I read a lot of his stuff. He writes about the Clover Club, and then in 2009. Julie Reiner Mm -hmm. takes it, puts a twist on it, opens a bar called or a club or a cocktail establishment called the Clover Club. And the Clover Club starts to become popular again. And so now, you know, it's like you can find these Clover Clubs around because cocktails become cool, which again, I'm going to go back to the fact that if you are scared of drinking drinks, like, Dude, you got to get with the times because like there is so much goodness in those glasses. You are missing out on so much. Like if you'd go to a fine steakhouse, sit down and have this great steak with all these uh, accompaniments around you, like that's a cocktail. Like a cocktail is just like this great base spirit with all these awesome accompaniments around it. Totally. Don't let being a dude get in the way of you drinking uh, one of these pink drinks.
0: Couldn't agree more.
1: That is the rise the fall and the rise and fall of the clover club and like you were saying earlier you think it's kind of on the decline i do
0: yeah i just mm. i think I got that a there's on that. okay i mean my thing is i just i feel like there's we're digesting information so quickly especially in the cocktail space i feel like people know about it and they they kind of have it but it's not one that people get excited about as much
1: yeah, I think it's because if you're in the know, you know, but you got to kind of be deep in the know to know about the Clover Club, right? which is so interesting. Yeah, And it's it's like, I think because bars, just making all these different simple syrups, it can kind of be tedious, right? And so to make raspberry simple syrup, it's not hard. Like it's ready in a half hour, yeah. right? But people, I don't know, people get kind of, it's not even ready in a half hour. You can really have it ready in 15, 20 minutes if you want. I don't know, I, I think bars just didn't want to invest the time yeah. right, in in making the raspberry simple syrup. And so therefore the Clover Club doesn't make it onto the menu. However, if you see one on the menu, man, go go get it. Like go, assuming the bar didn't screw it up, it's really hard to screw this drink up totally. if you just follow the basics, you know, sour formula.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where I think I want to leave everybody listening is the Clover Club, if you pull this out at the beginning of a dinner party, This is a great start. It's it's almost foolproof. It's really fun to make. It's really delicious. It's gonna get people excited about the cocktail you're making. This is a great cocktail to have on your home bar menu because you can make it and you could make your guests make it as well and it's a fun experience. It's really fun to make.
1: The shake is important. That's all I'm gonna say. Any egg white cocktail, the shake matters.
0: Yep, and, and if you get it down and you got that good froth, oh man, you're going to impress everybody. 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 Okay, Brad, I I have a, a tip section for gin that I think we should get to. Hopefully you'll help me out on this one. Here we go. All right, Brad, we are so strongly passionate about gin and how... You don't like gin. You just haven't had a good gin, or you haven't had a good I, hey, gin cocktail.
1: I like gin. I like gin.
0: No, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: No, you said you don't like gin.
0: No, I'm just saying you like. Is you I know? He, I just you wanted to make sure. Like,
1: I just don't want anybody to like can, like what?
0: No, I like God, gin. no. I like gin. You were like listening. No, you are like the the king. You you wish you were Ooh. in the Renaissance. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. in the thick of it. I do. That's well, true. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what that's why yours? I. That's why I said, Brad, help me out with this tip section, but. I I know from personal experience. I have some friends who who hate gin and they hated gin martini, which is so sad to me. I think one of the hardest I get parts. That. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean,
1: you're pretty exposed, right? At the <sighs> gin martini time, you're like, okay, you got to be a little bit further along in your gin journey.
0: Sure, I guess I get that. I guess I get that. But and that's why I think that this tip sh- section is is so important because one of the reasons why I think a lot of people stay away from gin, kind of like the rum. It's such a big category and there's so many options. And you literally go to the gin section and you're so overwhelmed because unlike with tequila where you have your Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo, for the most part, with gin, you really have so many different categories. And and now even there's new versions of gin coming out, you know, like butterfly pea flower gin is one of them. And so I feel like a lot of people are overwhelmed. So for the tip section, I kind of want to go through some of the important gin categories for when you go to the liquor store and you want to buy gin for a certain cocktail. And I say a certain cocktail for a reason. So let me start with, I think, the most important categories of gin. And I think that those are a London Dry Gin, an Old Tom Gin, and the New Western Contemporary Gin. And then there's the uh, Yenever. Yanivir, Yanivir, right? which I've never gone out and got myself. So some people will probably say you need to have it. I know it's an important part of the gin, essence, if you will.
1: <laughs> uh, an important part, the Yanivir is, but that's what started gin. Yeah, that is I know, and that's why I'm like, I'm yeah. going to
0: have so many haters, but I, I'm going to be completely honest and candid with everybody. I've I've never actually really gone out and, and gotten you there. If
1: you see a gin out there, and it's like a Holland style gin. That's a Yanivir. But then there's like variations in the Univer. And listen, Univer is hard to come by here in the United States still. I've seen it start to pop up, but you're going to need to be in one of your kind of specialty liquor stores, like one that carries stuff that's a little more variety on things. It might go deep into a category. Univer is one of those things that it's just, it's hard to find. And I'm telling you, if you find yourself in Amsterdam, just go check, do like a Univer tasting.
0: Yeah, I'm not hating on the Univer. I just, I think maybe I just don't see it as much as some of the others that I just haven't really had an opportunity to dive into it, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we kind of think, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's like, we we think that we should just have access to everything. I know. Right, today. <laughs> like, oh, well, what do you mean? That's that's made there and it's not made here, it's so weird. Like, how, how can I not get my hands on that? Well, the fact of the matter is you just can't, especially if there's not a market for it, right? Because people don't understand it yet. But people should definitely start exploring on the Nevers. And I'll say the same thing about Brandy, by the way. People need to, I don't know what's going on with Brandy, but people need to go hug a Brandy.
0: We'll talk about that another time because I'm so with you on that. But I will say the one that, I have notes here, and I I didn't add, but now that we're talking about it, isn't a Plymouth style gin super important to have as well? Yeah, I mean, you gotta Well, yeah,
1: that's a very specific style of gin. In fact, Plymouth was Plymouth gin. Like that was, they were the only ones who could make Plymouth gin. And then finally, like they had to give it up because I think it was the British government was like, hey, look, if you're gonna gonna capitalize a category, you've got to at least say what's in it. (laughs)
0: Right, right. Well, and so now that we're talking, I mean, people are like, okay, great, Jules. You just made me even more confused and overwhelmed by the gin category. Mm -hmm. And I get it, but I will say, I think, and Brad, I'll let you do your two. I think the two most important to have is a London dry and the new Western contemporary style gin. Those are my two. And and for a London dry, I'll say you'll use that for cocktails like a martini, an a Negroni, your very classic cocktails. And the and the contemporary style gin, that's the more floral. There's a lot of different flavors out there. You'll use those for a bees knees, if you will. I like to use those in a french 75. And so that's the two that I say. Oh, yeah, wow. those are the two that I would say you would want to have in your bar cart to at least start with. But Brad, I'll let you, I'll let you take that away and kind of give yours. And
1: I don't disagree. I, I think it all comes down to personal preference. Here's the thing about gins, it's it's such a big world out there. Mm-hmm. And everybody's jumped into totally. the gin game. I mean, one, it is like if you're gonna like go make whiskey, you gotta let that stuff age in barrels. So what do they do with that while they wait for the whiskey to come of age? They start making clear spirits, like gin. Uh-huh. You know, it's neutral grain spirit that's flavored with botanicals. Juniper being one of them and Juniper must be present for it to be considered a gin. Now Western style contemporary gins, it doesn't have to be a very strong Juniper flavor at all. And oftentimes it isn't, it's just kind of like, they may have like waved Juniper by the bottle. That's fine, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, all right, we got a little broad with the category, but like if you want like a classic style gin, London dry, but then go and taste a couple there's a lot to choose from. So there are going to be a lot of bad choices out there, just like there's a lot of good choices. Right. And it doesn't have to be a super expensive gin to be good. I'll tell you what, Gordon's gin, you make that in mixed drinks, it works just fine. I wouldn't sip it on its own. Right. But that's one of those that might come in a plastic bottle once in a while that you could make cocktails with. Sure. If you are okay with the juniper profile of that. So yeah, do you need a London dry on hand? Sure, because if you don't necessarily care for gin, somebody you know does, and that London dry is one of those, goes in gin and tonic, goes in a gin martini. It's, it's got a citrus side to it. It's a great gin. I like Sipsmith, but there's a lot of great gins out there. If you want a safe bet, Sipsmith is really, really a great safe bet. On the Western contemporary side, like I used Brockman's. Gin, yep. which is really floral, great gin. Hendrix is a great gin in that vein too. Really, Hendrix, I think, was one of the first new distilleries to pop up when everybody started going crazy with gins or before everybody started going crazy with gins. And then I love Plymouth gin. I just, mm-hmm. it's a great gin. It's heavier, if you will, like okay. it almost feels like a, it's like a heavier weight of spirits, but it's like juniper is there. So if that's not your thing, then maybe you stick to the Western style. But if you want to venture into junipers and know that you're having a great gin that if you don't like it, you could put that thing in the freezer and serve sure. it to somebody else who will. Yeah. That'd be a safe bet.
0: Well, I think that that hopefully gives everyone who's listening a, a good idea when you go to the liquor store, what we're talking yeah. about and, and what you might want to venture into. And I think the best tip we can leave people with, Brad, is... For the classic Clover Club, what type of gin should people go out and get?
1: Well, by the book, it's probably a London Dry. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, this Brockman's is great. Like something floral, it kind of works really well in there. But anything that's got a citrus back to it, that citrusy usually comes in the form of lemon and sometimes orange. Mm-hmm. But um, lemon and raspberries go great together. So don't be afraid of a, a citrusy, citrusy gin. Yeah. One thing I'll say also, old Tom gins, those are great. Oh so yeah. That's that's I, a little I bit know. on the milder side. I try not of... to
0: overwhelm. Ah, there's so many good ones out there. Right it's now. so
1: easy to get overwhelmed. But hey, look, if you're like, oh my God, now I'm back to confused, London Dry, get a Brockman's if you want to make this Clover Club. And if you'd want to make it with a Sip Smith, go right ahead. That's again London Dry. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna nobody's gonna hate on you for grabbing a Plymouth gin.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. All right.
1: There you go. Hopefully, you we know, didn't overwhelm no you. No decisions have been made.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll continue to cover gin and, and every spirit too. So we'll touch about everything that we talked about again. I'm sure on the styles and when you use could do you do a
1: season on gin? I know, I know. Well, you could do many seasons on gin. <laughs> All, right, All right, Jules. Well, I kind of. Yeah, I mean, he squeezed the blood out of that rock right now, yeah. didn't we?
0: That sounds good <laughs> to me. Okay. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad.
1: Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show.
0: Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com.
1: And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at JoinJules. Or Cigars and Vino, that's me, also on the Insta.
0: And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up.
1: This is a Red Rock music podcast.
0: Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.